just in. What the time is now? I'm about to take you on a journey. I introduce the one, the only. I got a special treat for you. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Face Center Flashbacks. This is your host, Jason Norfleet. Here we will bring you the preached word from members, guests, and friends of the ministry from years past. Today's message is from Elder Cynthia Whitby. Date recorded is December 28th, 2011. Title, Being a Steward. Let's listen in. I give honor to Bishop who's in the building. The absence of the First Lady and, and all the dignitaries, giving everybody a title tonight. I just thank God that, um, for the opportunity to be here and to stand before you. Um, I thank God for Bishop because he can call you at the last minute. He's just, he's just keeps you on guard. That's what our bishop does. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm here despite the enemy trying to fight me all the way. Um, after, I call, after he called me and asked me to speak, I got a headache. I got nauseous. I got everything I could get. But no matter what, I worked on the word that the Lord had given me. Amen. I'm going to be going through a, a few scriptures um, just to let you know how God has been dealing with me. Um, and I want to tell a little story. I know where to put my Bible. I, I, I'll get it. Um, my husband and I were watching basketball. It was some, it could have been football. I wasn't watching real close, so that goes to show you. But there was a game on TV, and they were announcing how many people had come out to see this game. And it was about 62,000 people in an arena, in a big place. And I sat there, and I began to think, wow, wouldn't that be great if we could influence people to come out like that for the Lord wouldn't it be great, 62,000 people? I'm not saying that I haven't been in a building where there's been that many people, but it's been a minute. We need to have some influence and be responsible Christians. And as I begin to think on that, I, I begin to just even talk to my husband about what do you think it is I need what do I need? I'm missing something. I'm lacking something. Something's not right in me. Because we need to influence, and I, I can't talk about you all, but I want to influence people for the Lord. Amen? And as I was searching um, the scripture, and I was beginning to look at some characteristics that I feel I need, because I know you all have them all. And I, I thought, well, God, maybe, just maybe, and as I begin to look at these characteristics, I begin to see some flaws within myself. So I'm going to just ask that you follow me because I'm going to be going to different scriptures. The first scripture is going to come out of 1 Peter 4 and 10. And tonight I'm going to talk about the first characteristic that I see. It's about being a steward. And in that, um, I just wanted to go back and say I found seven different things that I'm going to deal with tonight. And we know that the number seven is perfection. So possibly out of some of these, you're going to 
maybe see some places in yourself that you may need to work on. Because as I began to get the message, I thought about, wow, we're in the end of 2011. There's only three more days until it's all over. And a new year is going to start. So I want to wipe my slate clean. I'm not going to just look back. I'm going to think on some things and see what, how I can bring, um, I almost want to call an upgrade to myself to be a better Christian. Amen? So the first one I'm going to talk about is being a steward. And looking at that, it talks about distributing. A steward is a person put in charge. First Peter 4 and 10 said, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As I looked at that, I, I realized that every man, every man has received the gift. And I begin to think about, well, Lord, what is the gift? And I begin to realize that we're all individuals, so your gift could be different than my gift. But we have received the gift from the Lord. And the Lord said, minister the same one to another. And you know, your gift needs to be ministered out as a steward. You are a person in charge. And when I begin to look at this, I begin to think that we are the stewards of God. We are full of, of the charge of grace and the gift which God has given us. No one else can look after your gift the way you can look after your gift. And I'm looking at someone, and I know this mother is gifted. And I look at the gifts that God has given her, and I know that there's no way I could possibly do some of the things that she can do. And I thank God for gifts because everybody has their own. I would never stand here and try to do what Marlena does because it, sure enough, wouldn't look like this. I, it, I'm just being real about a gift. But she has her gift. She has what God has given her, and there's many gifts in this building. And we don't need to compete with her to try to, you know, do what she does because God has given her that. I want to stand in the gift that God has given me. And sometimes you need to pray and realize what your gift is. Because sometimes we just want to go and do like everybody else. But we're all different. And, and, and I begin to think of how we need to come together and understand that and know that I'm not going to be jealous of your gift. I'm not going to be upset of your gift. I'm going to get to know what my gift is as a steward and understand that if I use my gift the way God has given me, then I'm going to, fulfill, I'm going to touch someone. I'm, there's somebody out there that needs my gift. There's somebody out there that needs the gift and the grace that you have from the Lord. And the one thing I remember many years ago when we went to um, Tulsa, Miles Monroe stood up and he said something many, many years ago. I can't, 15 years ago, I don't know a lot of years ago. And he, he was talking about a graveyard, when you go past the graveyard, and how many people, you know, they're dead in there. But a lot of people in there died with their gift, died with what God had given them, and they never let it out. They never used it. And it's laying dormant. And just that right there made me stop to say, Lord, what, what is it? So you got to go to God, because, you know, there's things that some of us can naturally do. People can naturally cook. That's my husband. Whew. Not me. 
I, it takes a lot. There are people that can naturally just do things. And then you need to find out what did God put in you to do your purpose as a steward, as one in charge. People also, when they think of steward, they think of also, you know, money, ties, and things like that. And I began to think about that. And as I was coming to, to, to tonight, I, I began to think, am I a good steward over the money that God has given me, over the time that God has given me? Because he put me in charge. Now, maybe what I do is okay for me, but it may not be okay for minister there. And we all have to come and understand that as a steward, we all have to get to know what God has for us and the purpose of our stewardship. Amen. The next thing I looked at were, and, and you have to go with me here, were branches. I was in my house looking out and um, I have some woods near my home and I was just checking out the branches. And I remember when they were bearing some did bear small fruits and leaves and things like that. And we, as children of God, are branches because we are in the vine. And the vine is Jesus Christ. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same beareth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So another characteristic is being a branch in the vine. But I got to bear some fruit. When I looked at that, I, I began to think about it. And, and I said, well, Lord, what you're telling me is I'm joined with you. And that I have a relationship with you. But see, that relationship has got to be intimate. Some of us just want to have a relationship when we just walk through the door and we're here on Sunday. And we even come on Monday for prayer. And we come on Wednesday. for, But we have no relationship. We're not bearing anything. We're just coming. And a lot of times that's what we do. We just come because it's whatever night it is that you need to make. Not, your heart's not in it. You just, okay, let me, let me go out. I'll, I'll be there and they'll be over in a little. It'll be, I'll be over in a little while. But the Lord is saying if you join with me and I with you, then if you have an intimate relationship, the harvest is sure to be abundant. You're going to bear much fruit. He's saying that when you, when you separate yourself from the Lord, when you're separated from him, then you can do nothing. There's nothing we can do as believers without Christ. And a lot of times, myself, I leave God out. You ever catch yourself leaving God out? No, I know none of y'all do, right? All y'all just keep God in there, right? He's in there like prego. Right? I know that there has been things that I have done and have left God out. And you know what? It was a mess. Was it ever a mess? So I had to back up and understand that I have to abide in Christ at all times. Because a branch that's on the vine is always on the, on the vine. And it grows and it gets nourished from the Lord. But you ever look at a broken branch? It's all withered. It's no good. It's not bearing any fruit. And a lot of times, that's where we go. We don't bear fruit. We, we, we're in a dormant situation. And I asked the Lord to help me to be a good branch because I want to bear fruit. I want to I do what God has called me to do and make sure that there's fruit of, the lab, of labor. Amen? I want you all to keep praying for me. 
Sometimes when we get out there, we forget to check the vine. We forget to ask God, what is it, God, that I need to do? I'm not bearing any fruit. I, I, I've been going for a whole year and, and nothing. Nothing. I, I got nothing to show for it. Check your connection to the vine. Somewhere you got something withered. Somewhere there's something a little off. Somewhere you forgot to pray. You for Bishop has called a fast on Tuesdays and Fridays. It's Tuesday. You ate everything in sight. Somewhere, somewhere you forgot. And you need to, you need to right now, because we're going into a new year, so we definitely don't want to carry that into a new year. We got to check ourselves a little bit more closely. You got to look in the mirror about yourself. We're too, we're too busy looking at everybody else. Elder over here ain't got this. Sister over here, she ain't got that. And Lord, let me tell you about mother. But what about you? This, this walk is about you, and it's about what you have with the Lord. It's not about me worrying about Sister Sandra. I got to worry about me. And sometimes that's what we do. We're so worried about everything else and everybody else. We even get worried about the things of the world, and you know what? We're not supposed to because we're not of this world. We're in the branch. The branch is Jesus Christ, and he is to nourish and keep and keep us going. The next thing I looked at, and it's not too many of them, so hold on, is salt. I began to look at salt. And in the natural, we, are, we know that when you put salt on food, it changes the flavor. I, I kind of got away from salt a few years ago. And... Um, I went into McDonald's and got some french fries without salt. Because that's what I do when I have some french fries. But then I decided one day to put some salt on one. And I was like, whoa, this is not bad. It's been a while since I had put some salt on the french fry. Not that I'm going back and pour a lot of salt on it. But it changed the whole flavor of the potato. The same potato. It just tasted so different. So we need some salt in our lives to preserve and to save. Salt is distinctively different when and from the thing upon which it is put. So if you put salt on a french fry, it, it's different. The believer is like salt. We should be distinctively different in the world. The, everybody ought to know that we're salt. Salt preserves. Salt is put on food to preserve. And even in the Old Testament, they used a lot of salt. They, they even have a covenant of salt. And I'm going to ask Bishop about that one day. We're we going to talk on that because I studied it a little bit. But they had a covenant of salt. They put salt on their food and on a lot of things to preserve it from de decay. And we as Christians, that's what we're here for. We're here to go into the world and preserve the world to keep it from decaying. But sometimes 
Our salt has lost its savor. It got nothing. They ain't good for nothing, as they say. We saw also penetrates, right? You put it on food and it penetrates that food. We're in the world. We are here to penetrate the world with the things of God. Salt flavors, we talked about that. It influences the taste. We are to flavor and influence the world for Christ as salt. Just as salt. Salt, when you, it's quiet. And it, it, it's invisible unless you put a whole hunk on your food. I don't know. But basically, when you shake it, you don't even know it's there anymore. It's invisible. That's what we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be discreet and quiet. Salt. Anybody ever hear salt make a whole lot of noise? Never did. Salt is quiet. And we are to do the work of the Lord discreetly. And, and invisible. We don't have to let everybody, the whole world, know what you're doing. That's not what it's all about. Salt spreads its flavor of all about every place that you put it on the food. It's all over. It's everywhere. You sprinkle that all over your plate. Salt is everywhere. Well, we are to spread and be everywhere as salt. And I'm talking about this because you need to look at what you're doing. Are you spreading yourself out there? Or are you just taking what you got, going home, and nobody even knows? That's what we need to do. We're going into a new year. That's what we need to do. Our salt should spread far and wide. Our salt should be a testimony to someone to help them come to know the Lord. That's what our salt as Christians should do. Amen? Y'all can talk back to me. Matthew 5 and 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. The Lord said that. As Bishop tells us a lot, it's in red letters. Jesus is speaking, and he's telling you who you are. Sometimes we sit there and we say, I don't, you know, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. I'm You're salt. Go spread yourself. Go flavor somebody. Amen? Amen? The next thing I looked at was light. And we know that if they cut off the lights in here, it would be dark. And light does illuminating. Light brings people out of darkness. It opens up the eyes. John 1 and 5 says, God is light. John 8 and 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Matthew 5 and 14 says, you are the light of a world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I looked at that and I said, wow, that, that, that's pretty good. Here we are at this time going into a new year. And I want to ask, is your light shining? Is somebody out there, out there, not sitting among us, out there going to follow your light? Has your light been burning in somebody's face so that they know that there is a difference about you? Have you been carrying your light in dark places? Sometimes we just like to go back in the same lit place. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about us dealing with each other. It's about us going out into the world. Because the Lord said, you are the light. Of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
It means you're in the public eye. You, he didn't put us in a bucket. He didn't give us lightning, put us in a bucket. No, he made us stand out. The Holy Spirit is light, and the Holy Spirit is to be light to the world in us and through us. And I want to ask, is your light on? When's the last time you check your light bulb? Has it been glowing so somebody can say, you know what? There's something about him or her. I know that he's different. There's something that makes me want to just follow and go after and seek after what that particular person has. I thought about that. And I said, Lord, I, I want my light to shine even more. I, I wanted to glow even more. I wanted to, 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 to just blind somebody if that's, the, if that's what it needs to do. Because I don't want to hide anything that God has given me. It's time for us to influence people. And a lot of times we hide all the attributes and characteristics that God has given us because, you know, we, 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 we just haven't gone boldly to the throne of God. And we just, so I ain't sure. I don't want to offend. Offend them. Offend them. I, I, at my job, there's a young lady that says she's a witch. Yeah. And some kind of way, we always meet up in the ladies' room. Our timing is impeccable. And there we are, the witch and the preacher. Here we are. And, and, and you know what? She's, she told me, you know, I asked her about herself, and she said, well, you know what? I'm not one of the bad witches. What? I'm a good witch. I said, oh. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, I don't put any hexes and stuff on people. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you? A good witch? You a witch. You deal with the outer world and Satan. And there's nothing good in that. That's not good. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Come out of the darkness. We're forever in the... We could stay in the bathroom for a while. We go at it. We be at it. And one day somebody walked in and said to me, you know, she's a witch. I said, do you know I'm a child of God? Yeah, shakta. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. I'm just crazy enough. I am just that wild. Don't mess with me. I said, what you got, witch? What you got? I got Jesus. What you got? Nothing. And you know what? I've been doing this for a while. We've been meeting up. It's our special time. It's 11 o'clock. I make sure I get to the ladies' room. Woohoo! 11 o'clock. Gotta go. Do you not know the other day the witch had a problem? And she said, I, I hear you're preaching. You know, I'm a good witch. And you know, I'm having this personal problem. Yeah. I said, well, I got oil. I, it ain't the fried chicken with either. 
I said, what's, what's the problem? And she stood in that bathroom and began to tell me her problem. And I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. I said, do you mind? Well, I said, I'm going to pray. And I began to pray. And the witch began to cry. When I left, she was in there, drying her eyes. She called me on the phone, and she said, you know what? I, I, I'm feeling a little bit better. I said, well, I got more. I got, I got some more. I said, so here's my number, and call me. Because there's certain things I can do on my job and certain things I can't do, but there ain't much they can say about the bathroom. I said, call me. I said, because you know what? Jesus loves you. I love you. And he wants to get all in your business. I said, that's what you felt. Jesus getting in your business. I said, so you know what? I'm not going to leave it there. Call me. So that brings me to the fifth thing. Epistle. 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 says, Ye are epistles written in our hearts, know and and known and read of all men. You have to understand that you are a public figure. You, you, your life is out there. You've said you have accepted Jesus Christ, and you're in the public eye now. And they are watching everything. And they need to read you because you know what? The witch is not reading the Bible. But she knows I'm different. Because she said, I heard you're a minister. Yes, you heard right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they have to read Christ. Sometimes I know even some other people I'm dealing with, they don't even have Bibles. I've been giving some of my Bibles away. And I know the Lord going to replenish because they don't read Bibles. We have to be a written epistle. This isn't a message that's going to make you shout and, and go all whatever. I, I, I know that God is saying these things because there's got to be a change in the world. And we got to be the ones to walk it and do it. So you have to understand that somebody is reading you. They're watching your every life. They're watching everything you say. They're watching your actions. And you know what? That's what gets us even more. Because sometimes we forget. And, and we have bad days. I'm, I'm not really, you know, everything ain't perfect. But when you go out of your house, remember who you are. Because that day, the girl at Dunkin' Donut needed a smile. And you growled at her. That day, somebody on your job needed prayer. But you didn't pray at all that morning. See, no, that never happens to none of y'all. An epistle. We've got to remember that our lives are, are a letter that somebody is supposed to read. Christ has written in us the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's in there. It's, it's in there. And the people need to see that. They need to know that. You don't have to carry a Bible. You can't carry a Bible everywhere you go. But they need to be able to read you as an epistle. That there's something about her. There's something about him. He's so, I can approach him and he's got something to say. I'm believing that 
the witch is going to walk into this church with me. I'm fasting for that. <laughs> yes, sir. Bring the witch in. Because where there's one, there's two. There's more. There's a whole lot of them. And we are the ones that need to go get them. The Lord blessed me when I was working with another young lady who was a Catholic. And she hadn't read the Bible. Little did I understand that the priest does all the reading and they do all the bowing and the getting up and all that. And she stopped one time with me for lunch and I was reading the Bible. And she asked me, she said, you're allowed to read the Bible? I said, yeah, all of it. We free. <laughs> she said, well, only the priest reads, you know, the testaments and stuff to us. And I'm like, okay, look, take this and go home with it. Read it. A, Genesis, all the way through. Call me Catholic, Italian Catholic, deep-rooted. Telling you, they deep. Father was a Catholic, the mother is a Catholic, the husband's a Catholic, the dog's a Catholic, everything is Catholic. And she took the Bible home and, and, and told me she had to go downstairs in the basement to read it. And I began to pray. And she, she, she would call me up. What does this mean? Mary, talk to me about Mary. Because, see, that's big for them. And I began to talk to her about Mary, and she was like, oh, my, you know what? She says, well, what about St. Peter and St. Paul and all? I said, yeah, 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 they're saints, but, honey, we don't bow to them. We don't pray to them for the garden. We don't pray to them when we lose money. Saints, somebody or the brother they got, and when you don't feel good, you got an upset stomach, you got to pray to this saint, you got to pray to that saint. I said, did you ever get them mixed up? What if you prayed to the wrong saint? How your stuff going to be? All mixed up. I said, we pray to Jesus Christ and him alone. I don't need all them people. Mary can't do nothing for me. She's nothing but a blessed woman. I only need Jesus Christ and him alone. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I know. The little girl, the little Italian kept reading the Bible. Till she realized she was doing everything wrong and she dropped it quick. Hiya. And she began to go to another church in Watertown because she had to secretly get away from her family. And they had to begin to teach her what was going on. And she done pulled in her husband. <laughs> she done pulled in her father. Her mother's yet over there, but they coming. I gave her the Bible. She called me the other day. How you doing? Oh, bless the God, woman. How you doing? She said, I'm doing good. You know, I'm so happy I'm in that church. God is so real to me. I said, oh, you got to know God. She says, I know God. You got to live it. You got to do it. We got to come out of our baggage. We all bound up. I can't tell nobody. I can't, I can't get nobody the Bible because, you know, so, oh, yeah, yeah, shut up. the devil is a liar. You can give them anything in the word of God. That's what we're supposed to do. My God, you know why? Because you're an ambassador. That's the other thing. See, you're something else. Some of us sat up here and thought you were nothing. Look at all the things I told you you are. You are an ambassador. You represent Jesus Christ. 
That's a high honor. And you know what? You represent them everywhere you go. No matter where you are. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And with that, we ought to tear down some strongholds. With that, we got to pull down and loose some people. There are people that are just sitting around you, people you work with, people you know. They're just bound. You're, in a, you're a representative. You rep Jesus Christ. Yeah, hallelujah. That's who you are. And we got to understand that. Because sometimes we go out and we rep ourselves. And that could be ugly. I'm not calling y'all ugly. I'm just saying when you represent yourself, that's an ugly thing. When I represent myself, not good. Because I definitely don't do things the way Christ would have me to do it. And I'm not an ambassador. Then I'm just repping myself. I'm just the I. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, it says, 20 and A. I'm only going to do part of it. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So see, the word tells you who you are. You just got to search some things out. Because sometimes we feel, well, you know, I just sit on the pew and I'm nothing. I ain't got no license. I'm not an elder minister, deacon. And none of that. Yeah, that, that. That's a title. That's all. And then you got to bag it up. <laughs> That's all it is. But you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You, rep you represent him. You are to use what you have to persuade men, women, boys, girls to come to the life of Christ. And they should see some of that already in you. The seventh thing and the last thing I want to talk about is your witness. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a witness? <laughs> <sighs> You look at some people sometime and you be like, what is that? A witness is a person who saw or can give a firsthand account of something. You can testify. You can make a serious declaration to substantiate a fact. Your witness should substantiate a fact. A fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, the fact that you serve him, the fact that you love him, there should be a lot of witnessing going on in your life, just should be going on, you should be waking up with a witness, you should be going down with a witness, see, we, we, we think that only the bishop, first lady, and pastor, a couple other, two, three more people, they got it. We all got it. They got a higher end, but we all have it. And my question in all of this is, what are you using? How much of what I just said have you been putting out to people? You know, I'm getting a wee bit older. I'm going to celebrate another birthday. Thank you, Jesus, this year. And I'm happy about it. But I'm never going to stop being all I can be in Jesus Christ. And if he makes me a wild old lady, 
That's what I'm going to be. That's what y'all going to see. And if I'm radical for Jesus Christ at the tender age of 62, then I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to be one of the most radical people. You're going to say, what, 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 what? What? Because you know what? He's everything. He has kept me for almost 62 years. I've been through a lot. Thrown out a car. Been in two accidents. My knees is trying to get bad, and I'm rebuking them really. Because I'm moving on for Jesus Christ. If I had to crawl, Bishop called me and I'm crawling. Don't worry about it. Come or get here, and I'm going to have something to say. Because you know what? Without Christ, I am nothing. I'm not giving them up. I'm going to get even stronger and badder. <laughs> 20, 2012, I'm going to be bad. I'm going to be bad. I'm declaring that thing. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't think I ain't. I'm going to fear nothing. Nobody. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to bring the truth to the people. Nobody is going to shut me up until Jesus says it's time. And it won't matter what you think about me. It won't matter what you say. Get on the phone. Have a lot of fun. Speak it, but tell the truth. In closing, we have a great responsibility as we close out the old year and prepare to bring in the new year to make sure that we stand as stewards, reaching out as a branch to the world, seasoned with salt to help preserve and save, then shining our light so that the way is made clear, being an epistle so that the message is read by all men and an ambassador representing the ways of Christ, being a witness testifying to the goodness of the Lord and Savior, our Jesus Christ. I just want to let you know that you can be all those things and even more in Christ if you surrender yourselves and don't worry about the person next to you, person in front of you. Because the Lord said it's all about you. It's not about anybody else. And as we go out of the old and into the new, you need to make a, a, a declaration that what I did last year might have been okay. You might feel like, you know, that, but what I'm going to do next year, there's no stopping me. I'm going to influence people. Wherever I go, I'm going to influence the young, the old, whatever they are. I'm going to influence because Christ is my all in all. Can we all stand? Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank God for that message. Because really I had to look in the mirror and see some characteristics and see where I needed to, to what I want to say, upgrade. You know how what you tell your telephones, you call them up to give you upgrade, to give you a new model. You get a better model, got more stuff in it, more things. Well, it's time for us to upgrade in Jesus. It's time for us 
to get better and get more stuff in God. The old stuff, last year's stuff, it's no good. Three days you got left to use it. But in 2012, you can definitely have an upgrade in Jesus Christ. In Jesus. I just wanted to tell you that I thank God for the opportunity to stand before you. And you know what? If you feel like there's any of the characteristics that you missed or you might be missing and you need prayer, this is the altar. This is where you meet God, not me. You don't meet me, but you meet Jesus Christ here. And if you just need strengthening, because maybe your salt has lost some savor and you're no good, you just know you're no good, you can come to the altar because the Lord repairs. He restores. He makes good what's bad. But only God can do that because we can't do that. And no matter what you need from the Lord, you can come to the altar and get it, whatever it is. Maybe I didn't name it. I had seven things that the Lord showed me, and maybe there's seven more for somebody else, but you can come to the altar tonight and get strength in the Lord and be renewed in him. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for all the things that you've said and done tonight. I thank you for the message, Lord God. And I ask, Lord God, that it permeate and it stay with the people, Lord God, so that as they move into the new, Lord God, they won't drag the old, but they'll bring even a better upgrade for you in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I ask that you keep us, help us, and be with us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God a praise in the place. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.